What's up, streamers? Welcome back to the Stream Coach Podcast. How many times have you heard your stream is a business? How many times? Probably about 69 times, maybe about 420 times. Sounds about right. I think that second one's a little bit more accurate. But the thing is with businesses, they know a little bit more about uh, income, outcome, all of the financial aspects of running a business, right? And true businesses, they make money. And for a lot of us, we may not be necessarily at that point with our streams yet. We may be investing more money into things like our equipment, our setup, our internet, and all of that. But if you want to succeed or if you plan on streaming long term at some point, you might be making more money than you're spending with your stream. And so having a good financial plan in place for when that happens is incredibly important. So that's what we're going to talk about in today's episode. We'll talk about budgeting, investing, saving your money, and just how to manage the income side of this business that you're trying to build. Let's go ahead and jump into the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Stream Coach Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about money. And I'm so excited because I am like, I am such a potato whenever it comes to budgeting and managing all of the different income streams that I've got and figuring out what the outcome of all of that looks like and how to invest for the future. So we're going to talk about all of that today. We've got a financial advisor on who's going to help us figure all of those things out. What's up, Zach? Hey, how's it going? It's going very well. Thank you so much for for coming on. I really appreciate it. I'm so excited to get into this. (laughs) Well, it's my pleasure. I I love talking about this stuff, so I'm always excited to have an excuse. Yeah, this is going to be great. So go ahead and just tell us what we're going to talk about today. And if you you want to take this chance to like give your little pre, this is just advice. This is not specific to your situation. (laughs) Yeah, so my name is Zachary Sasser. I'm a financial advisor with SagePoint Financial. Uh, I'm a registered representative. Um, and SagePoint Financial is a member of FINRA SIPC. For disclosure purposes, my office address is 314 East Highland Mall Boulevard, Suite 208 in Austin, Texas. Uh, And my phone number is 512-387-2537. So if you need to get a hold of me, you can reach me at my phone number or my email, which is zsasser at sagepointadvisor.com. And so what we're going to be talking about today is kind of some of the basics that you need to know in order to get your financial situation in order. And for the most part, budgeting is step number one. And so we're going to be going through some questions and almost every answer is going to be, well, if you have your budget, you can do this. And if you don't have your budget, then you need to go and get your budget. And then we're just going to go over how you can get to a position of uh, being comfortable with your finances. Awesome. I'm so excited. So we had to to actually like come up with these questions ahead of time and and work on them and send the answers over to your who did we send My those to? Compliance department. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things that we're not allowed to say. Um, and so we have to make sure that we don't say those things. We have to stay within our area of expertise. And so questions about CPAs, uh, my answer is always going to be hey, you need to go talk to a CPA about that. But in general, these are some things that happen. Uh, And so as a financial advisor, I give specific advice that's within my field. And I avoid legal advice and I avoid strictly uh, tax advice. Perfect. That's great. We do have, for those of you who are listening right now, I know this is uh, tax season. We do have an episode of the Stream Coach podcast that is specifically focused on tax, uh, general tax advice with Warbnall. That's one of the earlier episodes, but you can definitely find it on Anchor, on iTunes, Spotify, all the places where the podcast is. It's also on YouTube. So if you search for like Stream Coach tax advice or Ashney Christ tax advice, you can find that one as well. But and I've listened to that, and it's quite good. Yeah, so definitely, if you got if you got tax questions, go and uh, watch that podcast. That's awesome. That means so much coming from you. Thank you. Okay, welcome. Let's get into our questions for today. Um, I think the first thing that should definitely be established for 
for streamers is that our, our stream is a business and running a a lot of different income sources and running all of the things that you have to run as a content creator means that you need to be set up for business success. So we've got to deal with like income, equipment, investment, service purchases, uh, paying people for working for us or with us. And we need to learn how to like best use our money to set ourselves up for success in the future. So whenever we're like first starting streaming um, and whenever we start to see some traction, what do you feel like are the things that we should be focusing on in order to uh, become a more successful creator where should our money be whenever we're newer versus throughout our journey so the typical advice that we give people is that investing can mean a lot of different things and in one case investing is putting money back into your business so you can invest in your business now not all the money that you put back into your business is investing i mean if you go out and you buy a three thousand dollar microphone when you've got four people watching you that doesn't really count as an investment um, but you still have to have a quality microphone right and if you don't have a quality microphone you're not going to be bringing on viewers and so that is an investment in your business now you won't know how much money you can put towards your business um without a budget without knowing how much money your business is bringing in and how much money you're spending so the example is if you're making $15,000 a year streaming and you go and you spend $35,000 on your streaming business, well, that's not a great return on your investment unless it grows significantly. So you have to avoid you know, spending more than you're bringing in. If you're doing that, it's really a hobby instead of a business. If you're losing money on it, it's really a hobby. And so the key is to know how much you're bringing in and where it's going and how impactful that money is. Right? So if you spend $500 on a new branding and you decide to stop using that after three weeks, that wasn't a very good use of your dollars. And so what you can do is you can go and you can look back at that and say, hey, this money was not used in the right way and it didn't have a return for me so you can go you can make adjustments to your business from that point forward yeah and something we need to do is learn to like manage all of that information so being able to just see well i spent this much on this change and this is how long it lasted for me and then we have to figure out like where uh, what all of those sources of income are how much we're getting and kind of budget everything out, right? So that's a huge part of what we're gonna be talking about today. And like I said, this is something that I really struggle with is I feel like there's so many different places that money is coming in, but I, I mean, I'm to the point where I know that I'm above a certain amount every month, but I don't know, like, exactly the amount of dollars I'm making anymore just because there's so many different spaces and it's hard to keep up with everything without doing a ton of work at the end of every month or a couple times a month to manage it all. So what are some good resources to help somebody in my position keep up? Like if we don't have a lot of time, what are some things that we can use to make sure that we, we're able to, to keep track of everything? So there are some websites, um, the one that I've used in the past, although this is not me saying that it's fantastic, uh, mint.com uh, gives you some information, um, but it's not a perfect system. The only way to really do this correctly is to do it yourself. And that's because if you buy something online on Amazon for your business, well, all of these websites that you use are going to say, hey, you did an online purchase or whatever. They're not going to know exactly what it is. They're not going to know the difference between, you know, something that you bought that was physical for your stream versus something that you, um, you know, paid for a content creator, etc. And so you have to write all that stuff down yourself. And the easiest way to do it is in an Excel spreadsheet. And there are lots of uh, budgeting spreadsheets online. Um, if you just type in budgeting spreadsheet Reddit, there will be options for you. And you can find ones that work for you. You can start entering your information. And in 
my experience, the best way to do this is daily. You know everything that you spent in a single day, but you don't remember everything that you spent over the past month. So sometimes it'll take you maybe five minutes per day to enter in all the expenses that you had for the entire day. And then you'll see, hey, I had money hit my account. Okay, this came in from this source, and this is how much it is. And that's a really easy thing to do when you're spacing it out over just a single day. It becomes nearly impossible to do if you do it throughout an entire year. And it's very hard to do over an entire month. Do you abide by this information too? I always wonder if like financial people are so just financially in tune. This is a great question. <laughs> and to be honest, I think there are, there are studies that show that financial advisors are bad at a lot of the things that we suggest people do. I do not do a daily budget. I don't have to do a daily budget. I have just enough income. I know roughly how much I spend that I don't need to do that. Mm -hmm. And so I don't. Now, I would be better off if I did. Uh, but really and truly, if you know how much you're bringing in, you know essentially what your expenses are, and you're happy with those numbers, you're good to go. That becomes really hard to do when you're making a smaller amount of money because every dollar matters a lot more. So if your income is $20,000 a year, you know, and you misplace a thousand bucks, well, that's a 20th of your income. That's a lot. But if you're making $50,000, well, it's only a 50th of your income. It's not going to be as impactful. And so when you're making less money, it becomes a lot more important to know exactly where all of your money goes. Oh, that's a really good point. I like that a lot because I feel like a lot of the people that listen to this podcast and a lot of the people in our community, I mean, we've got people all over the spectrum, people that are just incredibly successful and people that are just starting out on their journey. I, I think it's a it's a really good mindset to have whenever you're a, a smaller creator and you're really paying attention to the financial side of this because you're building that skill which you can take with you throughout your journey and as you become more successful that's a skill that carries over but then also it's just it's just smart to be knowledgeable of how much is there like you said earlier if you're spending more than you're making i mean it's it is a hobby and we need to be aware of that to be financially just fit financial health is a thing yeah and so i mean so i play a lot of games and one of the ways that i look at it is if you jump into a video game and they teach you every single mechanic all in your first five minutes playing the game you're going to forget a lot of stuff yes. what games do is they educate you as the game goes on they insert new mechanics you know in each different act or whatever it is however they decide is the best way to educate you and if you start when you're small and you do that step, it becomes a lot easier to do it when you're making a lot more money. If you try and peek in all of these steps, once you have all of your time already taken up in making money or maintaining relationships, et cetera, it becomes really hard to do this. So start small, learn one step, and then jump to the next. That's so good. I love the idea of like pacing it out. Another thing that can make it really difficult too is the people that we surround ourselves with. So I grew up in a family that we really stressed out about money a lot. Like my parents were very open about struggling with money and it, it really made my mindset around money really bad until recently, like the last six months, maybe a year or so I've started realizing this and I've, I've uh, consumed a lot of content that's helped me realize that I shamed people for wanting wealth. Like I thought that people who were, uh, who were rich were just snobby, like terrible people. Like I had this real, real nastiness surrounding money and it, it, is just recently something I've started working on. Um, how much does the way that we were raised impact our our mindset around money and maybe our ability to accumulate wealth for ourselves? So I think it's extremely important. Um, in my case, I, I was educated by my family um, from a relatively young age about lots of important financial concepts. And that made it really easy for me to go into this career. But the simple truth of the matter is, is that a lot of people, especially in America, they don't like talking about finances. They don't like saying, yeah. hey, I'm in debt or, 
hey, I'm in a better situation than you because, you know, a lot of people see that as rude. But when you talk about your finances and when you ask for help and you're, you're learning and that puts you in a much better position, right? I mean, imagine if you don't learn anything about your, your game mechanic, right? Your favorite game and you want to get good at it and you just ignore the most important concept of the game. Well, you're never going to improve and unfortunately the life that we live revolves around money like that impacts so many things in our life and so you have to spend that time learning and if you're taught from when you're born to when you're 20 that you shouldn't talk about this you know that can just continue for the rest of your life and you never wind up learning the things that you need to so you should always take that time and say you know what i really should be learning about these important concepts and there's lots of different ways to learn. You can do it through your friends. You can do it through a financial professional. Or you can just read books or listen to podcasts like this. There is a ton of information out there for you. Now, it's important to not bring in incorrect information. But the only way that you learn what's right and what's wrong is if you're out there learning. You know, I yeah. like for me, I try and go to... Um, a financial professional and then I try and look it up on the IRS website and then I try and find it in a book right I try and find multiple sources that are going to corroborate the same information uh, that's, and, that's fascinating yeah I feel like it's it's something that a lot of people struggle with based on um, either upbringing I mean I know somebody in the EMFAM our community her parents are very controlling about money and they get very upset whenever she makes money and she spends like any portion of it and they try to like control her finances very, very strongly. They, they just completely strong armor her about her own money that she makes. And there's a lot of other nastiness because people get this huge emotional tie to making money. Like we feel that money is either going to solve all of our problems or that it's really evil and if you want to make money as a in the content creator community right like f we we crucify some creators for saying that i do want to make money like i want mm -hmm. to see some return on my time for this like i want to be financially wealthier like i want to at least not have to worry about being able to pay my freaking rent and there's so much emotion behind it whenever i mean would you agree that like money is just a tool or does it do you feel like it warrants all of this emotion well i mean it definitely warrants the emotion because it plays mm -hmm. such a huge impact on our lives i mean money affects pretty much everything we do now the exact amount that you make doesn't necessarily affect it but somebody who's making twenty thousand dollars a year has on average fewer opportunities than someone making a hundred thousand dollars a year yeah and those opportunities vary, you know, drastically. Um, and that's not to say that making $20,000 a year is, is bad because there are things that you can learn making $20,000 a year that you're not going to learn when you're making a hundred grand. You know, uh, somebody who's just given a hundred thousand dollars a year may not understand the true value of money and where their money can be used, you know, in the best way. But there's, there's an idea um, that is the better off you are financially the more help you can be to other people is one of the ways that I look at it if I'm in a good financial situation that allows me to spend my time and my energy assisting others with whatever they need now I hope that that's not me just giving them money but if they say look Zach I'm having lots of issues I can potentially take the day off work and go help them with whatever it is that they're doing. Or because I'm not as stressed about, you know, covering my rent, I can have that conversation with them about what's going on in their life and provide advice. And you can't do that if you're always worrying about yourself. So that's one of the ways that I look at, you know, being in a good financial position is that it frees up your mental ability to go and help other people. I love that. That's such a good mindset to help people understand that like it's okay to want 
to become financially healthy and, and accumulate more wealth for yourself so that you can impact the world and you can give more of your presence to the people that you want to help out without having to worry about your own life. Like if your cup isn't full, right, you can't you can't help somebody else fill theirs. It goes back to that cliche. <laughs> which is yeah. just so relevant. <laughs> yeah, and there are so many different levels of wealth, right? You can be just fine. You can have more money than you could ever spend. Um, and what you choose to do with that is entirely dependent upon you and your preferences and your belief systems. And so some people are going to become very wealthy and go and donate all their money to somebody else. Other people are going to keep it all for themselves. The point is, is that you can't make that decision until you're in that situation and so if you want to be able to support others you just you have to be able to take care of yourself otherwise you don't even have the opportunity to help others oh, i love that so much that's a a mindset change that i had to have um, recently like i said whenever i was doing all this research into my own nastiness towards accumulating wealth and why i felt like it was such a problem a big part of it was like I thought that all people just held on to all of their money and they were just so greedy and like the Walton family that created Walmart were just terrible, terrible human beings. But I mean, there's uh, that's not to say that they're absolutely amazing human beings. I have no idea. But I think that there's so much more that we can give to the world and we can help out other people whenever, like you said, we're a little bit more uh, financially stable. So. Um, something that I want to talk about is whenever a content creator wants to go full time. So there are a lot of people that listen to this show that this is their ultimate goal. Like they want to be a full time streamer, content creator. Maybe they want to make some YouTube videos or start a podcast themselves. And this is like a massive, massive goal for them, but they don't really have the money right now to make it happen. And money is the number one thing that's going to either enable them to achieve that ultimate dream or prevent them from being able to achieve it. So what are some steps that we can take to improve our financial situation overall so we can go full time? So uh, this goes back to that budgeting topic and it's, you know, so important and that's why we keep on bringing it up mm -hmm. you're never going to know whether you can go full-time or not from a financial perspective if you don't know how much money you need to earn each year to live you know if you say okay well i need thirty thousand dollars a year in income mm -hmm. well then you have to say well is my stream going to generate that and if it's not then i need to save up enough money now to cover that income that I'm not going to make. And you can do that, but you can only do that if you're able to save. And so it's a really basic concept is spend less and earn more. I mean, it's kind of silly. It's so hard. It's so hard. It's, it is. Oh. It's really hard. But to be honest, if you can find ways to spend less, that's more money that goes into your pocket. And that could be anything from only buying video games when they're on sale, you know, maybe not going to Whole Foods and instead going to somewhere that has less expensive food, cooking from home, not eating out. Um, there's lots of things that you can do that will allow you to save more money. As far as making more money, you have to, you know, figure out how to do that. And that's going to be different for every single person. And what happens is if, you're spending less and you're making more, all of a sudden you've got this huge amount of money that you didn't have previously that you could put towards anything that you want to. It's not easy to do, but that's what you have to do. It is. And so that yeah. budget gives you that option. You know, you know where that money is going and, and you know, if you don't know where it's going, what what are your options? You can't make educated decisions on, oh my God, I spent $650 buying brand new video games. You know, maybe I should play the games that I have instead. And you could, uh, you could find, I mean, with the number of free games that there are out there or free sources of entertainment, you might all of a sudden discover another 600 bucks in income because you're not buying games the day that they come out. Oh, that's such a good point. I think there's a huge problem in the streaming community and, and content creation community, um, which we should definitely talk about. 
because we're so surrounded by new things coming out all the time and new tech and new gear and like Elgato just released their key lights and, and everybody wants those or the new graphics cards just came out or new video games that just launched. Uh, there's this idea called lifestyle creep. Right. Can you like explain to us what that is? Okay, so lifestyle creep is one that I talk about all the time. <laughs> and the reason for that is I know some people making $500,000 a year that don't have any money saved at all. They're in debt. And you know, you think how is that possible? It's because all of a sudden they're not buying sodas, they're buying bottles of wine. They're not driving a Honda or driving a Porsche. And so you're doing the exact same thing. You're still drinking something. You're still driving a car. But everything costs more. And so you can have people who start making $30,000 a year. Then they get a bunch of subscribers. And they say, okay, now I can afford this top top of the line you know, video card. So they buy that. And so all of that additional income is now spent. And they get more subscribers. Now they're at a hundred thousand dollars of income, and they go and they do the exact same thing, right? And then they do even better, and they go out and they finally buy a home, and then they have to furnish that home, and they could have gotten a smaller home, but they decided to get a larger home so they could have their friends over, or you know whatever. And then if you have a home, well now all of a sudden you have to buy, you know, yard material, you know. So there's any number of things that can happen they're going to increase you know your costs of living and it's really easy to go upwards to spend more it's incredibly difficult to spend less there's tons of research on this topic and it's one of the things that can get you the hardest right if you're used to buying wine at dinner every single night and you can't do that anymore that's hard it's hard to say, okay, you know what? I'm no longer going to treat myself. And that's just the way that we're built. I feel so attacked. <laughs> this is my life. <laughs> it, it happens to pretty much everybody. It really does. Uh, you have to be really conscious in where you spend your money in order to avoid lifestyle creep. And so the way that you do it, I mean, your traditional employee has got an easy option. They can just take that money and put it into their 401k they can say hey i got a raise let's put that money into my 401k and then it never even hits their bank account but with 1099 income what streamers are doing that's not an option that money is going to be seen by them and they're going to have to make a conscious decision of where that money goes and that's a really hard thing to do and you have to be really disciplined in you know your decisions which just human nature you know we like to spend money we like to live the good life I love buying food. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. <laughs> you know, I mean, you can have food delivered to you from pretty much any restaurant now. That's so tempting. You know, you get home and you're tired and you say, well, why don't I just order from uh, pizza from such and such a restaurant? Well, all of a sudden that pizza costs $30 instead of 15 You just doubled your, you know, food costs. Oh my God, and that's so true. For some people, that's an acceptable expense, and for other people, that's not. It's so easy when you're a streamer, too, because after you're done with the stream, I think most of us, we, we either have to wind down or I mean I think that's all of us actually we have to find some way of winding down because our brains have just been on for so long uh, mm -hmm. I know for me I don't know about anyone else that's listening but for me I my brain is still so active that I have to to do something active like cleaning or whatever and I have to like eat immediately when the stream is over because it's a good way for me to to relax and like transition into nighttime work time and it's so easy to order food and not have to cook yeah it's so easy to spend money freaking lifestyle creep getting me oh that's right and sucks. if you go back and you look at how much you spend on food you might say hey i'm okay with this you know this is fine with me or you might say you know what i'm not okay with this and I'm not here to tell you, you know, which area of expenditures are acceptable. The idea is you have to make that decision. And the only way that you can make that decision is if you have the information to do it. 
Oh, that's such a good point. I mean, you just you just have to know. You have to know. You have to set up that spreadsheet and figure out what the actual yeah. amount is. Because if you don't know, you don't know if you should keep going or if you should make the change or if you're going to be broke next month or if you'll be able to afford your bills. <laughs> so that's right. accurate. So um, just keeping on the topic of like being full-time creators, what are some other things that you feel like we need to know about if we want to go full-time as uh, content creators just from the financial perspective? So what we talked about is really the big one. You just have to manage your income and your expenses. Um, you should talk to a CPA about how you can keep a larger percentage of your income. That means tracking all your deductions, etc. They're going to cover all the things that you can do to reduce what is considered taxable income. Once you're making a certain amount of money and you have extra money to save, uh, you should do some sort of an investment account. But there's another thing I want to talk about, and that's called an emergency fund. And so an emergency fund is typically, and this doesn't apply in all cases, three to six months worth of monthly expenses. So if you know that you spend $2,000 every month, you should have anywhere between six and 12 grand saved up for whatever happens. And the reason this is so important is your internet might go out and all of a sudden you can't stream and it's because you know some idiot you know cut the power line near your home or a drunk driver ran into a pole something that you can't predict and all of a sudden you don't have the income that you need in order to live your current life now let's say that it's a major issue and they say we're not gonna be able to get you internet to your home for another you know, month. Well, you might have no other option than to rent another space from a friend to stream. That's an additional cost. It's totally unexpected. If you have an emergency fund available, you can tackle whatever problem comes up without having to worry about anything. You just say, hey, this is something that I have to do and you can take care of it. If you don't have an emergency fund and that same scenario happens, maybe your income gets cut in half. And you just can't, you know, survive if you're not making enough in income. And that might force you to go get a second job. Well, if you go and you get a second job, all of a sudden they say, hey, you're not able to stream during those hours. You have to come and work. And so now you're not able to make your primary source of income. And that can hurt your longevity of your stream. And especially in a career like streaming, where your income is so, you know, dependent on a lot of factors. The game that you're successful at. Right. I mean, if you're, I don't know, if you're a Fortnite streamer and all of a sudden Apex Legends comes out and you hate Apex Legends, but everybody wants to watch that game, well, your income might take a huge hit. And that's not something that you planned for. That's not something that you can control. And so you need to have, you know, an emergency fund for all of the things that you don't plan for. And they can be anything. I heard uh, one story of somebody who, who was over in Turkey on vacation when there was the uh, coup, the government coup, and they had to fly out the same day. And because they had an emergency fund, they were able to put their life as like, hey, this is really important to me. I'm just going to get out of here. I don't care how much it costs versus the person who doesn't have any money saved up who says, uh-oh, I can't even afford to buy a plane ticket. And now I'm stuck in this really bad situation. So emergencies, they can be anything at any point in your life. Wow, I haven't even thought about that. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, I am i don't have an emergency fund at all. Ooh. So the way you get one. I started one, though. How do I get yeah, it? Way, How do I do the better? Way you, the way you get one is to do this budget we've talked about nine times. And you say, where are the areas of my expenses that I just don't care about? Oh, I can get an extra 400 bucks a month by just not ordering from such and such. Okay, and instead I'm going to actually drive and pick up that food. Or, hey, I sort of know how to make this meal. Why don't I just cook that instead? All of a sudden you got an extra 400 bucks. You put that into your bank every, every you know month. And you know, let's say your emergency fund was supposed to be $6,000. Well, in a year, 
you've essentially got your emergency fund. So it doesn't have to happen overnight, but yeah. you do the best you can with what you got. Another thing that's really hard to balance with that too is debt. So there are a lot of people with, um, whether that's like student loan debt or maybe they've got credit cards. Like I, I bought my first computer on a credit card. Don't mm-hmm. follow in my footsteps, please here. Um, and it's, it's hard to decide, like, should I be putting my money into my, my uh, rainy day fund or should I be paying off the debt, right? And there's a lot that we can go into with debt and if it's productive or not, and we'll get there. But do you feel like, um, do you feel like we should be focusing on paying off debt before we grow these savings accounts? So the emergency fund is probably a little bit more important than your standard debt. Now, you don't have to have a six-month emergency fund before you start working on your debt, but maybe just one month. You know, have just a little bit of a cushion, something so that if there is if something minor happens, it doesn't ruin the next six months of your life, right? And so debt is really important. Um, this is a form of investing, sort of, in that you're investing in yourself when you go to college, or you're investing in yourself when you're you know purchasing a home. What you're saying is, hey, I need a place for me and my family, and you can't afford to just go out and buy a home with cash. So you buy it with some debt and that's totally normal. It's actually a really great thing in America that you can get access to home ownership for essentially what is not a very expensive number, but not all debt is great. Credit card debt is, um, not a fantastic thing because those interest rates are pretty high. So oftentimes I'll run into somebody who says, hey, I've got $1,000 of debt on my credit card and the interest rate is 17%. And so that's like 170 bucks a year that just goes straight out of your pocket. That may not seem like a lot, but for some people, if you're only making $20,000 a year, well, 170 bucks out of your pocket is a lot. If you don't have that debt on your credit card, well, that's an extra $170 that you have to put towards anything that you want, your emergency fund, your other forms of debt, et cetera. You know, student loan debt is something that a lot of us have to deal with. And for most people, it's just going to take time. But once again, if you're budgeting, you know how much money you can put towards your debt. You know that when you get a really good month, maybe somebody gifts you 25 subs or whatever, you can go and you can put all that income towards one specific area that's important to you rather than saying, Hey, I just made an extra hundred bucks or whatever. And then going out and buying that bottle of wine, right? Which one's going to impact you more throughout your life. It's getting that debt knocked down. So one of the ideas with investing is that you are setting yourself up for future success and paying down your debt is a great way to set yourself up for future success. It's so good. And another thing too is if we're putting our money in savings accounts versus um, maybe investment accounts or different places that we can put our money to work for us to like accumulate some wealth, right? So like we hear savings accounts mentioned a lot, but where else should we be putting money? So savings accounts, they are great, but you don't earn a lot on savings accounts. So you can invest money. There's a lot of places you can invest money. You can invest money with someone like me. You can invest money on your own at E-Trade, TD Ameritrade. There are apps for investing. A lot of people have heard of Robinhood or Acorn. There's lots of solutions out there for investing. And the reason that people invest is because you earn, over an extended period of time, more investing than you do if you're just keeping it under your mattress or in a savings account. Now, when you invest, it's very rare that somebody will be able to say, hey, you're going to get exactly this rate of return for any period of time. We say an average over an extended period of time because every year is unique and every year is different. But the whole idea is that if you open up what's called a brokerage account, 
It just means an investment account. That money is going to grow more over the long term. Now, you can do that through both retirement and non-retirement accounts. And this is uh, an important uh, differentiator. A retirement account is meant to be used once you retire. Now, what retirement really means in that sense is age 59 and a half. For a lot of us, that's a really long way away. But what that means is that if you put money into that account, you really don't have access to it to be used for anything unless you want to pay penalties. And we don't suggest that people pay unnecessary penalties when they can avoid it. A normal brokerage account you have access to at any point in time. Now, in a retirement account, you get certain tax advantages that you don't get in a normal investment account. In a retirement investment account, you can either get a current year tax deduction. So we're going to simplify some numbers here. So let's say you put $1,000 into a retirement account, and you put it as a traditional contribution, also known as pre-tax. And your tax rate is 20%. This means that you reduced the taxes that you're going to owe in the current year by $200. So you just take what you put in, and you multiply it by your tax rate, and that gets you what your deduction is. You just blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. Now, what this means, you, you can't access this money until later on in life. But if you do that each year, that allows you to keep essentially $200 to your name that you would have otherwise paid in taxes. When you take that money out in retirement, you're going to pay taxes at that point in time. Uh, I, that's how that's how that works? That's how that works. Okay. I... <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And so this is where having that education gives you some options so that you can make, you know, educated decisions that are appropriate for your situation. Oh my god, this is so good. This is blowing my mind. Uh now, already like I <laughs> keep so going. So there's an there's another way to do retirement contributions, and that's what's called a Roth contribution. A lot of people have heard of Roth contributions. Um, you've heard of it as a Roth IRA. I want you to ignore that IRA part and just focus on the word Roth. What that means is that any contributions that you put into a retirement account as Roth dollars, you still pay your taxes on in the current year. But that money is then going to grow tax-free. So if you put $1,000 into your Roth account when you're 30, and it grows over 40 years and is now worth X number of dollars, and you take that money out, you're not going to pay any taxes on that growth. Which is significant. And that's a lot of money that grew that you don't have to pay taxes on. The downside is that you don't have access to that until you're 59 and a half. So... You have to save money outside of a retirement account in order to pay for cars, kids' education, your vacations. There's lots of stuff that you're not going to be able to cash flow every year that you need to save for. And that just has to be done in a non-retirement investment account. Mm, Okay. Oh, my gosh. There's so many different accounts and so many different types. So we're going to break it in really simple. A normal investment account has no special tax deductions. You've got a retirement account. There's lots of different retirement accounts. You should ask a professional like me which retirement account is right for you. I'll even do consultations for free. I will make my sales pitch. I'll say, hey, this is why you should work with me. This is what I think you should do. If you say, great, thank you for the information. I'm going to go do this on my own. That's fine. I would rather you work with me, but it's totally up to you. It's your money. So you can get that advice from someone like me on a phone call. And then you've got a savings account. And we're going to leave it at those three basic accounts are like your core for a majority of your accounts. 
there's lots of others but we could spend an hour talking about different types of accounts another thing that we don't have access to as content creators is health insurance and like 401k which i guess we kind of just covered with like the retirement accounts but how like how do we get health insurance is that important should we have it does it fit into financial plans so i don't provide specific advice about health insurance but what i will say is insurance is there to protect you against your worst case scenario right that's what happens if you know you get cancer and it's going to cost you know half a million dollars or whatever the number is and you just don't have that that's really what insurance is there for if you can afford insurance i suggest you look into it but there are also people who just can't afford insurance and that's unfortunate uh, there's lots of stories of people who got insurance and it wasn't worth it to them and there are people who are healthy throughout their entire life but there's also people who you know But like stuff happens and your health insurance is there to protect you against your worst case scenarios. So the advice is go do a budget, see if you have the money for health insurance and see if it's important enough for you. That's really, I mean, that's the way to do it. But you, you typically, you get your health insurance through the marketplace uh, and that's it. Yeah, that's great. So I have a couple more questions left for you. Um, one is about taxes. So we know like you're not a tax professional. You can't really give us that kind of advice for filing and, and all of that. But how should we plan our finances to make tax time easier for us? So the biggest thing that you can do is set up a retirement account. I mean, that's that's most of what my tax advice goes around. If you set yourself up with a retirement account, you can get tax deductions that are impactful. That's the easiest, simplest thing to do. The most important thing around taxes is to be proactive rather than reactive. So it's a good idea to call up a CPA and say, hey, what do I need to be doing from January to December that is going to get you the ability to give me the most in deductions. Because what a CPA is going to do is after December, in January or February, they're going to take all of your information that you've given them and they're going to say, hey, we can get you X number of deductions in the current year. Now, if you didn't get them any information, they're not going to have anything to work with. And so that's what's so important. And if you ask a CPA, what is it that you need? They will tell you, save X, Y, and Z so that you can give that to me. And then I can get you the appropriate tax deduction. If you wind up in January and you're like, oh, I think I spent some money back in you know, February. Uh, that's not enough information. Okay. So... As always, it's have the data that you need for the professional to get you the most in tax deductions. From my side, it's almost entirely, as far as streamers go, retirement contributions. If you're making enough money that you want to start putting some money away, that's how you start. Okay. So there's a lot to kind of juggle here, I think, with having a budget and keeping track of all of our finances and retirement accounts, the savings accounts and having a rainy day fund. What do you feel like out of everything? If someone is just, if someone's like me right now and nothing is organized, but we want to, to organize ourselves and we want to set ourselves up for financial success in the future, what's the number one thing that we should focus on right now? So the only two things that I would suggest you work on right now is your budget in your emergency fund. Those are just by and far the two most important things in, in my mind. If you can do those two, 
you're setting yourself up for success. That's like step one. The budget, because it gives you the information and the, the emergency fund, because it protects you against anything that's going to push you down a hole, right? Don't dig yourself into a hole so you can't get out. If you have that emergency fund, it helps protect you from ever being in a bad position. Okay, note taken. <laughs> I will grow my emergency fund. Yeah, that and, you know, <laughs> sit down, spend some time doing the budget, you know, grab a beer or some wine and sit down with your significant other or your cat or your dog and, you know, work on it. Yeah, that's awesome. Really, really good uh, suggestions for sure. Are you able to do Q&A? Because I know you, like, need to run questions sure. through. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So if y'all have any questions in chat for Zach, feel free to throw them out. I know we had a couple come up earlier. Uh, let me see here. Um, Neuropilot asked, what planning tools do you use? So we've got some programs that we use um, that you pay for. Um, y'all are not going to have access to those. Um, and so one thing to do is to, if you can afford it, hire a financial advisor for a couple hours, see what they'll charge you for that and say, Hey, I just want you to go over a basic financial plan and they'll show you some information. Um, there's a lot of different tools out there in your case. I don't know. There's not too much that you can do. If you currently use, um, if you currently have investments at like E-Trade or wherever, some of those places will have tools built in that you can access. Um, so that would probably be my suggestion. See if you have access to any investments and then see if where your investments are held, they've got tools for you to use. Next question was from Lady Goggles, who asked, how do you recover from financial abuse in the past? Uh, parents racking bills up in your name, identity theft, etc. Oof. That's a really good one. So that's really difficult to do. Um, there's not so much that you can correct about the past. I mean, there are things that you can do, but you can freeze your credit for a period of time that'll stop anybody from opening up new credit cards on your behalf. Um, you know, if they're still declaring you as a dependent on um, their tax return, you can let a CPA know and they'll figure that out and they'll get it fixed. Um, it's, it's hard. I mean, when you have debt because of somebody else, I mean, you could go to an attorney and you could ask them, what are your options? Um, I'm not an attorney, so I don't know exactly what your options are but that's not a bad idea if it's a significant amount of money um one piece of advice uh, reddit's got an entire personal finance subreddit and there are people who have been through those types of situations you could go and you could just read through everything that they've had to deal with and the advice that's given there what happened my advice is pretty general. And so, so what I'd suggest is pull up Reddit, look through personal finance, look for some situations where that's happened, grab some information from that. That's perfect. Reddit's such a good resource. I forget about it because I don't get on there very often, but they do have a really, really good financial subreddits. They do. I mean, so they are um, typically very good, but there are some scenarios where they don't have enough information uh, to provide you with quality advice. Yeah, and we should always want to like double check this advice with professionals for sure. It's a good idea. You don't have to use a professional, but there's a lot of financial advisors or CPAs who will do just like a one hour, um, you know, introduction meeting, and they'll just answer whatever questions you have and get you both points of view. And sometimes one is right and the other is wrong. And sometimes they're both right and they're just coming at it from a different point of view. 
Okay, this is going to be our last question. It's from Toxic89. Okay. <laughs> that name, though. Uh, what are the advantages of rolling a 401k into a Roth IRA? So the number one advantage of moving a 401k into an IRA is that you have a lot more flexibility in an IRA. So a 401k is going to designate, hey, these are the 25 or 30 funds that you can invest in. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you go into an IRA, it stands for an individual retirement account, you've got an enormous number of options. There's thousands and thousands of investments that you can put your money into. That is the single best reason to move your money into an IRA. Now, in your case, you specifically set a Roth IRA. If you're moving Roth dollars from a 401k into a Roth IRA, there's no tax consequences to that. But if you're moving traditional dollars into a Roth account, whatever you move is going to be considered taxable income in the current year. So if you're taking $10,000 and you're putting it from a traditional 401k into a Roth IRA, that is $10,000 of income that you're going to get in the current year. So it's a good idea to talk to a financial advisor before you do those types of uh, transactions or conversions. Um, the other benefit of moving money into an IRA is that you can get professional advice. A lot of the times your 401k is not going to provide that for you. Um, sometimes a 401k is more expensive. Sometimes an IRA is more expensive. It really just depends. Mm. I said that was going to be the last question, but this one's really good too. So this will be our last one. It's yeah. from Margaret, Margaret Rose who said, I've heard with a Roth, you can withdraw your principal without penalties, just not the interest you've earned. So you can kind of use your Roth as an emergency fund. Is that true? And do you recommend it? So the rule is after five years, you can then withdraw the principal, what you put into the account five years ago. So if you put $5,000 a year in for four years, you can't access that money. But on your fifth year, you then have access access to that first $5,000 that you put in. And so oh, because sure. of that time frame, I don't suggest you use your Roth as an emergency fund. Because what if you need that money in the third year? Also, that money is designated for your retirement, right? You made a conscious decision to put money into a retirement account so that it can grow so that you can use it at a later point in time. If you start dipping into your retirement accounts, you're ruining this planning strategy that you came up with. You know, and a lot of what gets people in trouble when investing so they don't stick to their plan. Something happens and all of a sudden they make changes. And once you start making changes, you no longer have everything set in your mind of exactly what you're doing and it becomes a lot easier to invest for your future when you know exactly what you're doing that's such a good point where can everyone go to find you zach so uh i'm on linkedin zachary sasser um i'm actually on twitter i barely use it but i'm there it's uh zach sasser s p f so Z-A-C-H-S-A-S-S-E-R, S is in Sam, P is in Paul, F is in Frank. Um, you can email me at zsasser at sagepointadvisor.com. Or you can give me a call, 512-387-2537. All right. I hope that you enjoyed that episode with Zach. If you want to reach Zach on Twitter, you can find him at Zach Sasser, S-P-F. And he's happy to connect with anyone who has any questions about this stuff, of course, as he said. Thank you so much for coming on, Zach. This was really helpful for me and definitely encouraged me to budget because uh, that is a little, little, yeah, that's an opportunity for me right now, for sure. <laughs> oh, my God. If you haven't already, make sure that you hit subscribe. Uh, feel free to tweet at me or comment on any uh, podcast platform that you're listening on and let us know how you like the show. Leave us a review. Uh, give us some pos positive or negative feedback. 
Uh, and if you haven't already, we do have an ebook out. If you go to streamcoachbook.com, you will find that and check it out. See if it's something that you are interested in. It's all about my journey and all the things I learned for building a really solid foundation uh, to become a successful creator. I love you all so much. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.